Please be advised that the following episode contains particularly graphic stories and descriptions that may not be suitable for all audiences. And Liana, and this is the Night Guys podcast. We're here to join you weekly to cover weird and spooky stuff, supernatural, extra, extra <laughs> terrestrial, cryptid, culty, astra, ooh, astra. <laughs> true crime. We'll cover it all, and clearly, we're drinking. So, <laughs> please join us with one. Cheers. <laughs> I'm still drinking cider, not the same one as last week, so a little variety. I'm drinking port because I'm a thousand years old. <laughs> <laughs> You're a vampire? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Can you bite As- me? No. Let me be my maker. <laughs> oh, never. Anyone? You didn't watch True Blood? No? Of course I did. Oh, okay, good. I just want to be like Pam. Oh, I do love Pam. I love her so much. Pam? I love her. Pam and Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, I love those two. Oh, I miss that show. So ridiculous. Well, now that was a tangent. So today, <laughs> we're going to each cover a serial killer. We have a little randomizer thing that we just put in a bunch of different options. And so we thought we'd cover some true crime. But before we get started, we definitely want to let you know that we are available on Apple Podcasts, which was formerly iTunes. Because so I got I got corrected the other day. They were like, it's Apple Podcast. I'm like, excuse me. I <laughs> use Google Play, which is what we are also on. And Stitcher and Podbean and Spotify. And if there are any other ones, please let us know. We are on Instagram at nightgeistpod and also on Gmail at nightgeistpod at gmail.com. So. And we supposedly have a Twitter. God, yeah, we have a Twitter. <laughs> well, I totally forgot because I don't really use it. But I'm I will. Trying. I will if somebody ever tweets me something. Yay! We got retweeted once, right, by someone? <laughs> a random person and shout Aww. out to them. How about I go first because I have a teeny tiny news and then I have a regular size news. That sounds <laughs> thrilling. Please a go. A sentence that has never been said before. <laughs> So this one is kind of a little bit more along the lines of the things I feel like I'm supposed to look up for news and I never do. So I tried to be, dare I say, professional. (laughs) This is my attempt at it. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to see if there was anything in the news that involved cryptids because I feel like we haven't talked about them at all. I really want to. And I love cryptid stuff. So this is one that is recent. I think it was last week. But it happened November 15th, but um, maybe the guy who saw it didn't come forward with it until now. I'm not really sure. He was stuck in the mountains. (laughs) Dude, he could have been. Uh, He was in northern Arkansas, and he says that he spotted an unidentified bipedal creature. And people are saying that it's uh, the dog man. And he's been spotted around these areas before. So the dog man is like a human body dog head. And he's bipedal, like a a human would be. Is there an Egyptian god? That- yeah, that's um oh crap. That is oh he oh shit. It's gonna come to me in the weirdest moment. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna not think about it and then it's just gonna happen. <laughs> right, guys? Okay. Um it says the 53-year-old man, a roofer who provided a full name and location but wanted to rename anonymous told um the news that he was heading back to his home after a day of work when he came upon the biped on November 15th at 4:15 p.m. He quote said, "I came across this evil-looking wolf creature. It was carrying <laughs> something in its hands like a leash or a rope." Um, He described it as being seven feet tall, around 300 pounds. He said it was standing on two feet on the left side along the road. I guess a month ago, a guy in Colorado claimed to have seen the same kind of creature. It sounds like the dog man is a, he supposedly lives in the northwestern quadrant of Michigan's lower peninsula. Whoa, no idea how to 
even comprehend that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although other sightings have been documented in other states like Wisconsin, this unproven creature was first reportedly spotted in 1887 by two lumberjacks who described a human body and a dog head. It's Anubis. Yes! Yes, queen! (laughs) I cheated and totally looked it up. Uh, Yeah, I know you did. How dare you? (laughs) Who, now, is it Cerberus? He's the three-headed dog. Yes, and that is not Egyptian. No, but he's like, oh, yay. (laughs) Great at parties. So we're going to go to Arkansas now? Or do we go to Colorado or do we go to Michigan? Because he's been seen too many places and I want to actually see him. Well... I don't know. We need to go to the upper western quadrant of Michigan. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Jesus. We need to go to West Virginia. We got to go there first. And then okay. we'll get on the flight back. We'll hit up Dog Man and be like, what's up, bud? Get it should beer. be a road trip. That would make a lot more sense. <laughs> Less we'll fly day. there and drive back. Okay, so my news story is apparently a bizarre green light appears during a lightning storm and stayed for half an hour. Many questioned whether it was a UFO. I watched the video. It is weird. So basically just it appeared in the sky during a thunderstorm and it was in Kalgoorlie in Western Australia. So Please don't tell me you're trying to say Calgary. No, it's, it's spelled K A L. G-O-O-R-L-I-E. I guess it's Calgary, but it it's Calgary. It. <laughs> Calgary. I do know how to read. This bothers me. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so the guy was just filming in the, his yard when it happened, and he posted it, and people are like, it's UFOs, because it just kind of, it appeared as a green burst, and then it just kind of formed a crescent, and it just hung in the air for 30 minutes and people don't really know what it was so maybe it was a ufo maybe it was just a i don't know what did it glow solid did it was it like constant the whole time or did it mm-hmm. blink or no, it was and just it a solid green stayed in the same mm-hmm. how did it it never moved nope it just appeared oh that's weird yeah i want to know more and did other people spot it i don't know Eh, these green lights are weird i've heard with bigfoot sightings that green lights appear Mm -hmm. um near them often or like in spots where they've been seen before and some people say it's uh (laughs) bigfoot who have like family members who have like big feet i guess members who have died (laughs) and they um are the ghosts and their orbs that are floating around hanging out in the area where they lived which i think is insane Or other people think the same kind of green orbs that show up with them um, have to do with interdimensional travel that they take, and that's why they're never spotted. So maybe Bigfoot was just hanging out in the lightning storm. In Australia. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just checking. Why don't you believe? Wait, have any <laughs> have any cryptids like bipedal cryptids been spotted in Australia? Yeah, the Yowie. I think oh, he well, lives there. He is supposed to be New Zealand's version of Bigfoot. That's New Zealand. That's not Australia. But I bet he comes and goes. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> they are not connected. He swims. No. <laughs> the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> It's a yowie. He knows what's up, dude. He's got underground travel, like, tubes. He tubes. knows what's up. <laughs> He's got tubes. a tube system. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone south so fast. Oh, my God. Here, I'll take it further south. Okay. I'll take it to the uh, South Pole, past uh, Australia. <laughs> good. Okay, so I just found out about this 30 minutes ago <laughs> i don't know if my cousin is starting listening to this but if, if so hi jamie and i'm doing this <laughs> news hi, article jamie. you just sent me <laughs> <laughs> so apparently a bride who's getting married in a year and a half from now in hawaii i don't want to get make this too long of a news thing but <laughs> she posted to all of her guests Actually, you know what? I'm just going to read what she said because it's so ridiculous. She will say it best. She goes, hey, everyone. 
who's ready for Hawaii 2019 in anticipation of the wedding? And believe me, I know it's a long way away, but I would still like to announce the dress code. I am giving you a long notice of a year and a half so that you will have time to find and pick out something nice. The dress code is very specific because it will be used to create an incredible visual effect. If done right, it will make our synchronized dancing along the beach really pop. What? (laughs) So, So without further ado, women. 100 to 160 pounds. You must wear a green, listen to this outfit too. It's also horrible. Green velvet sweater, orange, orange suede pants. Okay, first of all, you're in Hawaii. What's happening? But this isn't the only thing these women from this weight group need to wear. Louis Vuitton heels. First off, those things are expensive. Second of all, they hurt your feet. People in, like, Japan chop their pinky toes off to wear them. Like, they're shitty shoes. You can't dance in these stupid shoes. And And why would you make anyone wear that? That's expensive. And And she says, parentheses, the famous red-heeled shoes. When we spin and lift our feet, the effect will amaze you. Also, to top this outfit off, Burberry scarf. She's dressing up like a pumpkin that's going to jolly old England. This is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Who wears velvet and suede? This is stupid. I'm so angry. (laughs) However, women who are over the 160 pounds are given a less colorful ensemble. They're they're not allowed to wear any of that stuff. They they have a black sweater and black pants. She wants them to blend in. What a scumbag. Please, right? Guys are 100 to 200 pounds. They are supposed to wear a purple fuzzy jacket, a soda hat, black pants, and glow sticks. Let that sink in. Continue, please. Guys who are over the 200 are supposed to wear camouflage and black sneakers. <laughs> They're literally <laughs> supposed to camouflage in. Lady is so awful. Anyway, so she found out that this got posted and shared more than 9,000 times. She's very upset and said, quote, I could not be more crushed, betrayed, or saddened. Knowing someone went behind my back and made fun of me is one of the worst feelings anyone could have. She said that she is going to be hosting a polygraph party. She said, bring your inner Sherlock Holmes because we will be hunting out the snitch who put me on blast. Everybody needs to just (laughs) RSVP no. Okay, she has that covered too. Oh, she also said that she <laughs> she warned that friends who do not attend would be presumed guilty unless Good. you can provide a valid excuse. She offered a hundred dollar reward to anyone who has information about who violated her trust. She says once she finds out who it is, she's going to simply cut all ties and communication with them. Good. I'm just gonna go like. Yeah, bitch. Dust off my hands. Be like, good riddance. No one likes you. Right. My thing is like, you sent this out to over a hundred something guests. Why are you ashamed of what you wrote? Yeah. If if you feel that strongly. Come on. Who wears this to Hawaii? When I was in Hawaii, I was sweating 100% of the time. Even if I didn't oust her, which I totally would have done. I'd be like, I did it. Just so that I didn't have to go. I'd be like, hey, I'll pay you a hundred dollars to... Not <laughs> <laughs> I wrote yeah. it. Kiss my ass. I'm gonna open my second my second cider of this podcast. <laughs> that that girl drove me to open up another cider. <laughs> my serial killer information? No, I'm fine with that. This girl caused me to drink. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go because All right, do it. I think I went first last time. All right. My serial killer. I'm gonna just preface this now. He is from Ukraine, so there are going to be some names and some places that I'm going to pronounce and butcher. Oh. See what I did there? <laughs> See what I did? Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the serial killer that I chose, you may not have heard from heard from him. I hope not. Heard of him. <laughs> His name is Anatoly Onoprienko, and he is also known as the beast of ukraine this man is a monster and i will tell you now he's dead so you can rest easy so just a little bit about his pathology he was a serial killer he was a family annihilator he was a serial arsonist and considered a mass murderer because of the number of people that he destroyed but we're going to start with a little bit about his background so he was born in 1959 in Lasky in the Zitomir Oblast in Ukraine. Hey. Wow. Shout out to those guys. (laughs) So while he was still young, his mother died and he was sent 
to an orphanage while his brother remained at home with his dad. So his dad's like, I don't like you. I don't want you. So he sent him off and brother got to stay. Basically, <laughs> later he claimed that he still felt anger over this injustice and that he it was around this time that he began hearing voices in his head telling him about horrifically violent things. So he claims that this is where it all started. Which, to be fair, if your dad sends you off to an orphanage when he decides to keep your brother, I feel like that would cause some lasting damage. I don't know. So not a lot is really known about his time during his stay at the orphanage and like shortly after because he was kind of a drifter. So he didn't really have like a history. And when he eventually was caught, he didn't do a lot of talking about his personal history other than his dad's a dick so <laughs> so his first murder was a couple that he encountered and they were just standing next to their car on a motorway i think it was like stalled or something and just on an urge he like stopped his car reversed to where they were parked and just shot them whoa he didn't even get out of the car no he was just like bam, bam. whoa and, yeah and he claimed from that moment onward killing seemed like a game from outer space and he gained no pleasure from it so it wasn't like a sexually motivated killing he was just kind of like i'm just gonna kill it done so in 1989, he began killing with his friend, Sergei Rogozin, <laughs> whom he met at a local gym. Oh, wow. <laughs> gym buds. <laughs> uh, so their first crime was when they broke into a home in, oh, God. I'm not even going to try. In Ukraine. Yes. In a town. <laughs> to steal some valuables. It was just like petty, petty theft. So the owners caught them, and their response was to kill the whole family, the two adults and the five children. To avoid having five children, they killed seven people right then. Yep, to avoid having any witnesses to the crime. Whoa. Um, Ono Prienko claims to have parted ways with the Rogozin dude a few months later, but he continued killing on his own. So he was. Wow. So oh, he yeah. became his own serial killer. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like. I don't need you to kill people. I'll just kill on my own. So he found a family of five. And they were asleep in their car. I'm not really sure why. And he shot them all at point blank range. And not knowing what to do with their bodies, he sat the he sat with them in the car for two hours before burning the whole car. <laughs> uh, there's really no explanation regarding that one. I was just like, oh, weird. <laughs> just weird. Kind of went, kind of escalated with every crime that he committed. People in Ukraine were terrified. He was just running rampant and nobody knew who, who they were even looking for. So his general formula for crime would be to select like an isolated house. So somewhere in the middle of nowhere, break in, steal what valuables he could find, and then murder the entire family as well as any witnesses that he encountered. His methods were super violent. He would blow the door off the home and then he'd gun down the adults first. He'd usually start with the dad and then go to the mom and then the kids. And... He would use a 12-gauge shotgun at point-blank range. Apparently, he raped women, but I'm not really sure. That was only in one of the articles that I read, so that mm. could be hearsay. I don't know. But he would batter the children with metal objects. Oh, my God. It was a monster. So after taking the money, the jewelry, stereo equipment, and anything else of value, he'd set the house on fire to destroy all evidence. And bear in mind that this is a country and like area that has no money he wasn't robbing rich people this area of ukraine is super poor so on the 24th of december in 95 he broke into the home of the zaychenko family um in central ukraine using his sawn-off double-barreled shotgun and he killed the father his wife two young sons before leaving with stolen jewelry and clothing setting the house alight so he he just like kept doing the same things did he need the money Vocation. was that like his motivation like that was that his job that was his oh, job okay. He didn't have a job. Oh, okay. And then Jesus. a few days after that, in ninety in December, he killed a family of four before burning down their house. And then a man spotted him as he fled the scene. So Onoprienko shot and killed him too. <laughs> so sucks. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> so less than a month later, on January sixth, nineteen ninety six, he killed three more people in separate in three separate incidents. And so what he did was he stopped his car on a motorway, and then he'd hail down cars. And then when they drove up, he'd shoot the occupants. But then what? Then where did he? he I don't know, man. He just walked off into the I Ukrainian did. woods. <laughs> like, he killed a Navy ensign. Like that's ballsy. Yeah. A taxi driver and a cook. Like, just random people. Mm. And then he broke into another family home, shot five more people, a whole family. 
killing the children, of course, and he set the house on fire. And then he was seen by two witnesses whom he shot and killed them as well. And then I could, the list just continues. It's weird. Most serial killers, I feel like, always have an obsession or like something. Like he's just, he's just an attached dude killing people. He just treated it like like a video game almost. Yeah, it sounds like he's like clearing levels. Yeah, and he another one he broke into the family home, he shot the father and son and beat the mother and daughter to death with a hammer. Oh wow. Yeah, and then That's he That's brutal. That's like more personal. He started to really escalate then another family home, he shot the husband and wife and killed the daughters with an axe. Oh, then... so he got it almost sounds like he's getting like bored. Yeah, like he wasn't really sure what to do next. So he was like, I'll try this, I guess. That's wild. Apparently on the 22nd of March, 1996, he killed a family of four. And that was, he claims, his last murder. So during this relentless massacre in the, I'm not even, some village. Uh. Not even, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'll, I'll try it. Okay, Bratkovici. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and busk villages over a three-month period that he was dubbed the Terminator. Other people called him the Beast of Ukraine. So some sources say he killed 46 people in six months, while others put the uh, figure Whoa. more in three months. But nobody's really sure what the actual total is. That's insane. I can't believe he killed that many people that fast and didn't get caught. That's yeah. crazy. So in March 96, um, the Ukrainian police launched a nationwide manhunt involving 2,000 police and more than 3,000 troops concentrating specifically on where he was. Oh, this is really bad, though. In, in an unfortunate turn of events, the police found a man named Yuri Mozola, and he was taken in for oh, questioning. Oh, no, as- Yuri! Uh, Yuri! <laughs> he was taken in for questioning as a suspect of several of the murders, not all of them, but a few, and over the period of three days, he was held in custody, burned, beaten, and given electric shocks in order to force a confession. <laughs> Yeah, so, force a confession. <laughs> he to confess to something he did not do. He died during the torture. Oh my God! They killed yeah. him. Yeah. In the nineties? This is in the nineties. Nineties, man. Oh my God! I know. Uh... <laughs> So, Whoa. This is frustrating. So six members of the Ukrainian Secret Service, along with the representative of the public prosecutor's office who tortured him and were responsible for his death, were later sentenced to short prison terms. <laughs> it's so Wait, frustrating. Hold on. But you're okay. Just this is this is the guy, this is the guy that was tortured for not killing all of the people. He was just a guy that they were like, You seem sus. Let's let's torture a confession out of you. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> so it was around that time that Onoprienko had asked one of his cousins, Peter, spelled P-Y-O-T-R. So Piotr? Is that better? Sure. <laughs> if he could stay with him. So his cousin agreed but became concerned when he found his store of weapons in the house. <laughs> Piotr uh, confronted him and said Onoprienko became super angry and started threatening Piotr and his family and so Piotr asked him to leave and Onoprienko moved in with his hairdresser girlfriend Anna and her two children oh. <laughs> so still worried about Onoprienko's threats Piotr approached the police to tell them of the weapons <coughs> Ooh, bless me bless you <laughs> I'm to allergic help. to this guy. <laughs> I know he's such a dick. Making me sneeze. <laughs> so he told them the weapon stash he found, and then he told them that he was living with his girlfriend. So the police became interested when they learned that they that he had found a 12 gauge hunting rifle, which was one of the weapons that had been recently used. Um, and it was the same type of rifle that had been reported as stolen in the Zitomir area, which is where a big chunk of the murders had taken place. Then they drove to the girlfriend's house in unmarked police cars. They surrounded the building and blocked the entrances and the police knocked on the door and an unwitting Onoprienko opened it, thinking it was his girlfriend and her children returning from church. And they handcuffed him and began to search the apartment and they found the stereo of the same make as one um, reported missing from the home of the family murdered, or one of the families. Jesus. But they found in excess of 120 items linked to various unsolved murder cases, including a 12-gauge shotgun. And his girlfriend was found wearing a ring that he had stolen from one of his victims. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So... 
He waived his right to an attorney and was originally, he was disinterested in talking to the police, saying he'd only speak to the general. Finally, the general came to talk to him and he was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll admit to the murders. And he basically said it was a six-year killing spree involving 52 victims and he told he told the police that he was told to commit the murders by voices he heard in his head. Hmm. Later, well, he sounds found- like he's making it up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really frustrating. So the Onoprienko trial was delayed by the fact that, according to Ukrainian law, the defendant is obliged to read all the evidence against them before the trial may begin. In his case, there were over 99 volumes of photographic evidence of his crimes to which he perused at leisure. <laughs> like, I'm going to take my time. Oh, my God. There's no cap on how long you can peruse your info. I maybe so. might be now. <laughs> well, and another factor uh, uh. delaying the trial was that Ukrainian law also requires the court to pay all travel and accommodation costs for all the witnesses that it calls. In their case, there were 400 witnesses. <laughs> And the court just like could not afford all of these costs. So wow. I guess I guess following a televised appeal, the Ukrainian government finally was like, all right, fine, we'll we'll pay for that because this is like this guy sucks and we need to make sure that he's put away forever or whatever. So <laughs> originally his lawyer initially pleaded the insanity defense, but this was overruled when he was examined by psychiatrists and it was announced on 23rd of November 1998, been deemed fit to stand trial. And then, you know, they tried to use the time that he spent in the orphanage as like an extenuating circumstance and like you know that that kind of horrible yeah. childhood, childhood trauma i will give him that but it only works so much <laughs> yeah yeah so it was a four-month trial that happened two years after the arrest <laughs> i know so he took two years to read his case wow <laughs> all I, right all right i said he was an asshole so uh... so appeared in court in an iron cage the ukrainian nation was like completely outraged and so the crowds would spit at him taunt him they would throw things and shout they were trying to get him the death penalty but as it turns out the ukraine had banned the death penalty but they were actually trying to get that repealed for this case they wanted him to go in front of the firing squad because that's how they They don't yeah it's not lethal injection or hanging it's firing squad (laughs) So that's fitting for him. I know. Appropriate. I dig it. I know. So (laughs) he basically just stayed silent in court when asked if he wanted to make a statement. He'd be like, nah, nothing. I don't want to say anything. Following three hours of deliberation on 31 of March, 1999, the uh, Judge Lipsky called the court back to session to read out the details of the murders as well as the verdict. He was found guilty of murder. Duh. He admitted guilt to all 52 charges of murder, including 10 children, but claimed he felt no remorse for what he had done. It is said that he killed the children of the families. I know. He said he killed the children of the families so that they would not become orphans like him. How about just not kill the parents, bud? What? Um, <laughs> even though they had said that they wanted him to be put to death by a firing squad, it was overturned and it was commuted to life in prison. God. I know. He doesn't deserve that. I know. So he decided to talk after the trial and allowed himself to be interviewed. And I watched a couple of his interviews. Oh, he is a cold MF. He has no regrets. He explained further by saying that he was under the control of conspiracies of higher powers from another world. He said it was their mission to destroy humanity and that the and he was possessed by special hypnotic powers meant that he was able to communicate with these higher forces. And he said he felt like he was a robot driven for years by a dark force and that he was commanded to do violent things by voices in his head and that he argued that his trial should have been postponed until the authorities could find the source of this dark force. So he's basically super metal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Ukrainian metal. That's like a whole other level of metal. (laughs) And then he also maintained that there was a conspiracy against him and that he was part of some kind of experiment. And then he claimed later to love all people, including his victims, stating that he would have killed his own son if commanded by the higher powers. And he is quoted quoted as saying, I have been chosen to fulfill a mission in a way I feel related with Messier, the hero from Russian author Bulga Kao's book, he was evil and so am I. I did what I had to do, kill people. I don't owe any more explanation to my victims, their families, and the police. He also claims that he spoke to Hitler once. And he did say that this was 
I think the last thing that I had about him. Um, so killing basically became like hunting to him. He'd be sitting at home feeling bored and he'd be struck by the idea of going out to kill. Like he did it out of boredom. Like you said at one point, because he started switching up his weapons and mm-hmm. he believes he should have been executed because if he were ever to be let out of prison, he'd be killing. But this time it would be worse, 10 times worse. The urge is there. So he says, he says, seize this chance because I'm being groomed to serve Satan. After what I've learned out there, I have no competitors in my field. And if I am not killed, I will escape from this jail. And the first thing I'll do is find Kuchma, the Ukrainian president, and hang him from a tree by his testicles. <laughs> so that's all I have on oh my God. Anatoly Ono Prienko. Sounds like a winner. He died in 2013 of a suspected heart attack. In prison. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, next door neighbor sort of type. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to send you a picture of him so that you could yeah, see. Yeah, I'd love to see his mug. Ugh. He looks like a goon. That makes it worse. There you go. Oh, oh wow. That is not how I imagined him. Yeah. He's a creepo. His hairline is insane. Yeah, he's all forehead. Wow. I did not imagine him that way at all. Ew, what a creeper. Mm-hmm. Ew, that's weird. That's weird, dude. I did not imagine that guy that way. <laughs> like, I cannot make that more clear. <laughs> I think that's probably the creepiest picture that they have of him. I mean, other ones, he you can see his crazy hairline, but I don't want to say like he looks like a normal dude, but he kind of just his looks like... His eyes are intense. Yeah, that picture he... his eyeballs are freaking me out. Oh, it's because he has no eyebrows in that picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. He goes from eyes to forehead to receding hairline. Glad he looked like that. <laughs> Maybe they shaved off his eyebrows. And dude, something's happening. Yuck. That's what motivated his whole entire killing spree. Nobody could tell what his emotions were, so nope. they were just like... Nope. If he just had some microblading, things would have been changed. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. My, my lady that I... I did a chick, if that's what we want to call her, like we're best friends. It's my chick girl. And she... As you were talking about this guy, they have things that are similar. Oh. But no way would I know about this crazy ass (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Like some things about him while you were talking, it registered for me like, oh, well, he's not that bad because he was just blindly killing. This lady, if I have to compare them, I think she's worse. Whoa, really? Because I know. Shot just... fired. <laughs> Bold statement. Literally, because he was because he was just indiscriminately running around Ukraine, just gunning people down or axing them or hitting them with hammers. This lady, up close and personal. Ugh. That's she you know what? made it. It could not be more personal. That's how. That's from my extensive research. <laughs> female <laughs> female killers are typically a lot more personal mm-hmm. than men. So what's her name? I've always been fascinated by this this lady, partly because I'm fascinated by female serial killers. And this one in particular has just very much so grabbed my attention. Shout out to Dornos. <laughs> this lady that I did, her name is Nanny Doss. Uh, her birth name was Nancy Hazel. Oh. She has a million different nicknames, but... Kind of like the more popular one is the giggling granny. Gross. Creepy enough as like that's just gross. <laughs> that's gross. That's gross. Yeah. At um, least like also... with Beast of Ukraine, it was like, all right, well, you kind of have a general idea. But giggling granny, uh, she, I don't like it. She does giggle and she's what? Oh, weird. Also, they called her the uh, lonely hearts killer. Um, I'll oh! get that for later. That makes me um, think of our last episode or our last full episode. <laughs> oh God, I'll just I'll just start. Um, Got so it. like the the beginning facts are that um she unlike your dude she only killed between eight and eleven. From everything I've read, it sounds like it's definitely eleven, maybe mm-hmm. more. Her murdering took place between the 1920s to 1954. Oh, she okay. was arrested in October of 1954, but born in November of 1905. Her weapon of choice was arsenic, oh, which is also very popular with chick killers. 
they tend to to like the poison. The poison. Um, oh my god. Okay. Nanny loved it. <laughs> so a little bit about her. She was born um, in 1905. She supposedly had a really tough childhood. And people looked into it. Sounds like she was molested a bunch. She yeah. had a really, really horrible childhood. No. Does not mean what she did was any less her fault, though, unfortunately. <laughs> she cannot do that. Um, her dad, total a-hole. He he wouldn't let the kids go out and play. He wouldn't oh. let them go to school. She what? had zero education because he said, your place is working. He worked them. Those kids were like slave labor for him. That's uh. all it was. That was her life. Um, he told her that she couldn't dress a certain way and her sisters because if she did, he said, you're going to get raped. She did anyway, even though she dressed, you know, super Amishy. Was her dad her molester? No. Oh. Other men were. Oh, yeah. God. She, it was bad. <laughs> she was born in Blue Mountain, Alabama as Nancy mm. Hazel to James and Lou Hazel. Um, <laughs> she was one of five children. She had one brother, three sisters, hated her dad, like I said, very strict. Um, she had an unhappy childhood, um, poor student, never was able to really read or write, really didn't have any friends because she never got to go to school. Where things, in her opinion, start to take a really bad turn is when she was riding on a train and the train made a sudden stop and she hit her head really hard on a metal rail in front of her. Since that point, she claimed that she had severe headaches, blacking out, all kinds of weird episodes associated with this head trauma. Probably, yeah. Um, she wore glasses after that and she told the cops when they were interviewing her, um, that she didn't actually need to wear them. She said it was just for headaches because of that injury. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So she suffered depression also because of this. She blamed the accident. The thing that (laughs) also took place at this time that kind of set her course in motion, (laughs) head trauma and her favorite hobby was reading her mom's romance magazines. She, little nanny, (laughs) (laughs) loved these things. She really took them to heart. In the paper, there was a, quote, lonely hearts column. This is where she got her name because lots of her husbands she met through this later on in life. Loved those columns, though. She kind of, like, dreamed of the, like, princess, I'm going to get married, find true love, and be just like a romance novel. And be taken away from my garbage life. Mm -hmm. So... Hit in the head, loves romance novels, dad's a dick. (laughs) Trifecta. Yep, perfect. (laughs) So um, when she was 16, she was married to Charlie Braggs. Um, Her dad signed off on it. She met him at the Linen Thread Factory where they both worked. And um, her father said it was cool after four months of her dating this guy. Crazy. She's only 16. How old was Charlie? I don't know. That doesn't say. I assume he's around the same age, though. He, Charlie, was the only son of his unmarried mother who insisted on living with them once they were married. Yikes. Nanny did not like this. Nanny no likey. No likey. She, quote, said, I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only knowed because she can't write well, um, about four or five months who had no family, only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. She had, I'm correcting her bad grammar without even knowing it. She never (laughs) seen anything wrong with what he done, but she would take spells. She would not let my own mother stay all night. Um, She did not like this. So her husband, Braggs, his mom took up a lot of his attention and didn't pay that much attention to Nanny. She could rarely do things she wanted to do. The marriage, kind of like her dad, the marriage produced four daughters over a four-year period, which is insane. 1923 to 27, she had four daughters. Under a lot of stress, uh, Doss, Nanny, whichever you want to call her um they doss is because um that's the last married name she took when she got convicted so in a lot of like articles they refer to her uh, refer to her as doss so doss started drinking and her casual smoking habit became a heavy addiction marriage was unhappy her husband often disappeared for days on ends uh, in early 1927 they lost their two middle daughters to suspected food poisoning interesting uh-huh um, 
her husband Braggs, it didn't sit well with him. He thought it was her. He suspected her. He got out of Dodge. He left. He took their oldest daughter, uh, Melvina, oh. with him, and he left newborn Florine behind. Wait, what was Melvina? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So two middle daughters died. Took the oldest. Now Nanny's left with the youngest. Oh, and that's cold leaving the baby that, with her. Yeah, and he left his mom with her. <gasps> Crazy. Oh God, her mom's still there. No, yeah. she's a monster. Weird. Really weird, but his mother died around this time. Convenient. Uh, anyway, he later returned in 1928 with the older daughter and another woman, a divorcee who had her own child. So then Nanny was like, uh. So, uh, and then they divorced. And then Braggs was like, well, if we're divorced, I'm over this. You can have both daughters. I'm I'm super done now. Wow, what a scumbag. Yeah, he suspects her of killing their middle two daughters and probably his mother at this point when he returns and sees that she's gone. And he is like, I just can't anymore. You know what? He probably thought the death of his mom was a favor because she sounds <laughs> she sounds like a monster. So he Braggs, he always maintained that he left Nanny because he was frightened of her. Yeah, I bet, dude. So then Nanny gets okay. married a second time. Okay. She is now living and working in a place called Aniston. Nanny had a lot of loneliness, began re- reading her good old true romance novels, <laughs> and then was like, maybe I'll look back into these lonely hearts columns again. So she wrote to men who were advertised in there. A particular, <laughs> yeah, a particular one interested her. His name was Robert Frank Harrelson. He was 23 years old. He was a factory worker in Jacksonville. He sent her romantic poetry. She made him a cake. Things were amazing. And they married in 1929 when she was 24. Oh, Um, This is two years after she was divorced. They lived together a while with her two surviving daughters, which sounds (laughs) funny. That's how they refer to them. That's so awful. Why am I (laughs) These are my two surviving daughters. (laughs) What do you mean surviving? Um, After (laughs) you made it through the poison. (laughs) Right. After a few months, she discovered he was an alcoholic and had a criminal record. Um, Uh, Despite this, their marriage lasted for 16 years. Whoa, that's a really long time. This throws me. This throws me more than everything else she's ever done. I'm like, 16 years? That can't be right because everything else is so short. I don't know what happened to her, but whatever. She had a a good streak for a while, I guess. (laughs) A good clean streak? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is what kills me. This one is the saddest. So Melvina, her oldest daughter with the first husband, Braggs, She gave birth to Robert Lee Haynes in 1943. He made it, but then later on, she had another child, and Nanny came to help with the childbirth. After a painful few hours, a baby was born, but died soon after. Melvina, exhausted from labor, groggy from ether, because that was how he got through labor. She thought she saw her mom take a hat pin. And hold it near the baby. It makes me feel nauseous. Later, her daughter and her husband talked about it. And were like, why was our son dead? Doctors couldn't figure out why he died. And then they both recalled Nanny having this in her hand. Nanny said that he was just dead and there was nothing that could be done. No explanation. Um, And because of this death, her daughter and her husband drifted apart. Um, He became a soldier, left. And what happened next was her other son, the first one I mentioned, Robert Lee, he died mysteriously also when Melvina was away visiting her dad, uh, Braggs, who I talked about a second ago. And he died mysteriously under Nanny's care in 1945. The cause of death was diagnosed as asphyxia from unknown causes. Two months later, Nanny got $500 life insurance that she had taken out on Robert. Mm, wait, hold on. Going back for just a second. How big is a hat pin? Because I know that they're kind of big. They're huge for hats like that back then. They're probably at least, I would say they're at least six inches long because they have to go through the top of your hat where your hair mm-hmm. is and it sticks through and comes out right. the other that side. The hat on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, they're big. Uh... And they're not the tiniest either because they hold no, they're, your they're hat on. Sick. Mm-hmm. <gasps> how did the how did the Sick. doctors not figure that out? What is it? God, I wonder if it was in the poor baby's ears. Ah, I hate I her. Know. I hate She's her awful. so much. She's 
sick. That's her grandkid. Ugh. Uh, and then she kills the other one later. Well, I mean, she did it. He dies, she and she it. took life insurance out on him. Obviously. It, it was her. How your guy has a pattern. Her pattern is life insurance policies getting taken out right before. Uh, so then, 1945, Japan surrendered to the Allied powers in World War II. And Harrelson, Doss's second husband that I mentioned a bit ago, 16 marriage Harrelson, was one of the many people who celebrated because the war ended. Sure. Understandable. Yeah. After an evening of very heavy drinking, oh, he raped Nanny. The ah. following day, as she tended the rose garden, Ooh, Nanny discovered Harrelson's corn whiskey jar buried in the ground. <laughs> Sounds like he was trying to hide that he was drinking, because I oh, assume <laughs> Nanny didn't like it. Nanny found it. She topped it off with rat poison. Oh. Bitch died. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Holy I don't shit. feel bad for Rat him. poison, though? But yeah, he died a painful death that evening. I was going to say, that is, I mean, from what I've seen in movies, that looks really disgusting and awful. So, yeah. that's how Frank went. So then, marriage number three. So uh, this, Nan- this, wait, at this point, she's killed her two daughters, her mother-in-law, her husband, her... Second da- husband. Her grandchildren. Okay. So we're at like and eight. we name his mom, the first husband's yeah, mother? Yeah, okay. I think we're at like eight. So then Doss met her third husband while traveling in North Carolina. He was Arlie Lanning, and she married him within three days of meeting him, again, from the Lonely Hearts column. <laughs> Lanning was in many ways like his predecessors, alcoholic, womanizer. However, it was Doss who often disappeared for months on end in this marriage. When she was home, though, she was like a doting housewife. Did all the things perfect, supported him, blah, blah, blah. But then he died of heart failure. And the whole town turned out to help him or help Wait. her in support of his death. Where did she go during those periods? Does it say? I think she cheated on him. But where did she go? She was hanging around other guys, I think is what she said later in interviews with police. So the town felt bad for her. Everyone came out to the funeral and was like, oh, no, Nanny, we're so sorry. Afterwards... The house that the couple had lived in when he was alive burned to the ground. Ooh. It had been left to Lanning, her late husband's sister. <laughs> and it had had the house survived, it would have gone to the sister. But uh. it didn't. It burnt. Insurance money went to Nanny. And she banked it, left North Carolina. I'm sh- sh- not surprised. But she only left after Nan- or Lanning's elderly mother had died in her sleep. Hmm. Okay. Weird. She ended up at her sister Dovey's home. Also, Dovey was bedridden. I can't talk. Bedridden, and soon <laughs> after, died when Nanny arrived. Uh, huh. Weird. I can't imagine why. I wonder how. I wonder. Uh, it's also odd. It's so so strange. <laughs> Mysteries. Nanny. Everyone dying around her. Can you I imagine? I know. She must feel like face. a bad luck charm or something. Ugh, she's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, marriage number four. Nanny enjoys oh. the Diamond Circle Club looking for another husband. She had met Richard L. Morton of Emporia, Kansas. That's how they talk there. Well, this guy did. That's what happens when you uh, join the Diamond Circle Club. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, While he didn't have a drinking problem, like all of her other husbands, he was still a womanizer. Oh, no. Before she could poison him, though, she ended up poisoning her own mother, Louisa, on January 1953, when she came to live with them. She poisoned Mama. She's like, Mom, you're getting in the way of poisoning this fourth husband. God, I got things to do. Hurry up and die. God. Ugh. Yeah. And then three months later, she killed the husband. <laughs> God. Oh. It took a while for the order of arsenic to come in at the local she, hardware store. She's so busy. She's been grinding up all those apples. That's what she was doing. Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, marriage number five. Nanny met and married Samuel Doss, hence the Doss name. Um, It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma in June of 53. He was clean cut, church going. He disapproved of romance novels. <gasps> Uh-oh. Oh, not her favorite. Oh, no, he hated those things. Uh, Samuel was admitted to the hospital, though, in September with flu-like symptoms. 
The hospital (laughs) diagnosed a severe digestive tract infection. He was treated, recovered, and released on October 5th. Nanny killed him that evening in her rush to collect two life insurance policies she had taken out on him. Oh, my God. The sudden death alerted his doctor, who ordered an autopsy. The autopsy revealed a high-ass amount of arsenic. She was arrested. So that's what got her. Nanny confessed to killing... She got greedy. (laughs) Yeah. Nanny confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister, her grandsons, and her mother-in-law, Arlie Lang's mother. The state of Oklahoma centered its case only on Samuel Dosso, the last one. Um, the prosecution found her mentally fit for trial. Nanny pleaded guilty in 1955, was sentenced to life in prison. Um, she, uh, the state didn't pursue the death penalty for her because she was a female. That's not something you did in 1955. She was uh, never charged with the other deaths, even though she admitted to him, and she died in the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 65. Um, what is crazy about her when she got caught, she held out for, I think, a day and a half. No one could, like, break her in the first <laughs> little bit. They had four teams working around the clock trying to get a confession out of her. Finally, she cracked because a bajillion people were writing and coming in going, I know someone who died when she showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was like, this can't be coincidence. So the cops started looking into it. We're like, holy shit, what is with this grandma nanny? And then when they started to tell her about all this stuff, she was like, I guess I forgot that part. (laughs) And then she would tell them about it. So that's why she started giggling and smiling. She would take her glasses off and clean them and go, I guess I did do that. He was so annoying though. She would say things like that. Then go into detail about how she killed him and how she did it and pulled it off. And then she would end each of her confessions with each person she admitted to with, my conscience is now clear. Okay. And then they would find out somebody else and she would go, oh, okay, and admit it. And then she'd go, (laughs) conscience clear. She would end them all with that. It was really weird. (laughs) She's like, she's crazy. She. She felt zero remorse. Oh my God. Zero. Uh-huh. Um, if I can find the, some of the quotes she said, like, oh man, she is, she's so crazy. In the beginning, she told detectives, I have never poisoned anyone. Um, uh-huh. She read a lot of love story magazines and that uh, her favorite television programs were ones of love. People called her the Jolly Widow. Um, what? Yeah, and this is where I said she would rub her horn rim glasses, stating, I'm not near or farsighted. Um, she explained she just wore them for headaches. Um, she blamed, like I said, her headaches on all of these deaths. I mean, really? I don't know. Yeah, sometime over the next seven hours, she faltered at times and had a self-conscious giggle, heralded a small admission. I lied about that. At last, she weakened and admitted that she had poisoned Sam Doss. She said that he had began to annoy her, and shortly after their, <laughs> shortly after they were married, she stated she felt sorry for him when she should have felt sorry for herself. I didn't know what I was getting into. She said some of the, quote, little things he did annoyed her. Um, by <laughs> She's oh so nuts. God. She wouldn't let me have a television set or a radio or even a fan in the house. Um, she said, I, she quoted Doss with, I've been a Christian man all my life and you're going to be a Christian woman. You don't need a radio and television. She said this, quote, got on her nerves. Um, so bad that she put an inch of rat poisoning in his coffee. Um, that's when she admitted to it. Afterwards, she was nursing him back to health and reportedly said that he was as mean as ever, so she poisoned him again, so he died. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bye. Uh-huh. Her final words on DOS were, now my conscience is clear. Oh, she's crazy. It's she's, She ended every single one with that when she admitted it. She wouldn't admit to her family, though. Even though everybody around her claimed you you murdered them. <laughs> you, you did it. You did it. <laughs> and I think 
if I can find it, when she got that sentence, she like just did not care. She said, after all was said and done, Nanny appeared as fresh as a daisy. She <laughs> laughingly outlined a meal complete with coffee and she would she would prepare for her husband's too. And when she was in jail, she would kind of do the same thing. She's very orderly. Nothing really got to her. <sighs> when asked what she thought they should do her to her for poisoning all these people her answer was why anything they like anything they do is perfectly all right with me uh, she's so weird there was though which is this part creeps me there was a period unaccounted for in her life where it is believed she lived in new york and idaho and was possibly married to a man named hendrix people wonder did she kill him and did she kill anybody else when she was there yeah. it's a that point of her life isn't really accounted for which is really scary to me it, it is believed that nanny died in the prison still looking for the quote perfect love what she <laughs> called it Oh, and they also called her Arsenic Annie, even though her name is Nanny, but whatever. No one really cares. Oh my god, ew. Like, yeah, okay, I can see, I can kind of see why you say that she's worse. She's awful. I mean... Anatoly, yeah, he was, he was a garbage person. For mm -hmm. sure. He was awful. But she was motivated by that money. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, her husband is considered the first one is considered the one who got away. That's what people <laughs> call him. Which is kind of crazy. Um yeah. Unsatisfied unsatisfied but still unsure if Nanny was to blame with some of these police began digging more and they found a string of other deaths that they weren't for sure were um tied to her. Oh. Um she was caught in many lies, like I said, and when they caught her, she would say, well, I guess I wasn't telling the truth. And Nanny would giggle and say, I was married to him. Like, because they said, oh, you weren't married to that guy. And then she just giggled all the time with her responses. She's just so weird. Uh, she said some of her quotes that were famous were, he sure did love those stewed prunes. Because she points them down. Stewed prunes. No. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, she no. said, I, I never did feed that stuff to my blood kin, <laughs> but clearly she did. And I guess for her, one kid, well, one was asphyxiated and the other she killed at birth. Oh. I guess technically she didn't. I don't know. She's psycho. I can show you her picture. She looks like the stereotypical, like, kind of 1940s um, granny. Oh. Wow. Yeah, she's unsuspecting. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. She's it got really those cute cat people. eye glasses and like that super I go to the salon once a week to have my hair Totally. Totally. Yeah, it really, really threw people her looking like that because she was like a little happy like nanny. <laughs> it's nanny. Yeah. How can she feel it's her leaving court? Oh my god, she's all like smiley. Yeah, she's always happy. Oh, okay. One one more of her leaving. She's too happy about yeah, it. Yeah, she liked the attention because some say it was kind of like she was in her own novel now. And uh, she was getting all the attention. There's a really disturbing picture of her with her daughter and two of the grandkids. <gasps> oh, Those two made it. And it's creepy because that's her in court and that's with her daughter's kids. That's the daughter who she killed them. What the hell? Why would she even support her mom? I'd be like, rot in hell. I hate oh, no. you. It's... Oh, my God. But she believes that her mom killed her baby, right? I think, yeah. But she's still, uh, like, the... during the court case. Uh, no, that is not forgivable. No. There you have it. There's Nanny Das. <laughs> what was it called? Giggling Granny? Mm-hmm. That was her? Ugh. Yeah. Gross. And she died in prison? Yeah, leukemia. Good. Mm-hmm. She does. She deserved that. Dare I say? When? Long time mm-hmm. ago, or sixty-five? She was in there ten years before she did. Why does that always happen? Like my guy, he was in prison for what, like fifteen years or something, and then he's yeah. like, "Uh, peace out, parent heart yeah. attack." What? Mm-hmm. No, you're supposed to rot or get beaten up at least a hundred times. Yeah, I agree, and I imagine the hospital war is probably better than the regular like cell. Oh, I know. Where she died, like the hospital ward probably was decent, more comfy, right? I don't know. That's like my idea. She at least got care. 
Shit, she could have been transferred to an actual hospital and just handcuffed to the bed. Probably. Ew, that makes me mad. No. I know. I don't like it either. Gumbag granny. Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) Well, should we spin the wheel for our our next week's podcast? I want to know. I want to know. All right. Are you ready? Are all your chakras aligned? <laughs> Here we go. It's okay. Oh God, was it poltergeists? Oh my God, <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares. So oh good. I like it. I like poltergeists. They're my friends. <laughs> should we do? Should we do poltergeists? Because we've done a couple of ghost ones. I'm yeah. just wondering. Should we do cryptids? I mean, we could bypass our spinning thing that we've relied upon. The runner-up is urban myths and legends. That can be cryptid-y. Yeah, that's pretty vague. (laughs) Just how we like it. God damn it. (laughs) Let's Uh, do that. Let's do urban myths and legends. Urban myths and legends. Okay. Oh, God. That'll give you something else to think about besides nanny. (laughs) What am I going to do? Find out next time. If you have any ideas for Liana because she has lost all of her brain cells to port, please <laughs> send us a message. Tweet us at nightguyspod or Instagram at nightguyspod or email nightguyspod at gmail.com. <laughs> There's a theme. <laughs> There's a theme. <laughs> but really, send me a message. I, I don't know what to do. Aww, What's I'll it? <laughs> shit all right <laughs> but um the yowie <laughs> i know apparently i need to know more about australian cryptids <laughs> yeah dude Get or no new zealand cryptids because it's not even australian you just threw me off i <sighs> know that's what i do it's my job worst ever well this was our first serial killer episode i imagine there will be many more because there are lots of sickos in the world mm. so this mm-hmm. is Episode one of Serial Killers. Yay! Yay. <laughs> now that you feel depressed, go listen to something happy. <laughs> oh, or just keep drinking, whatever. Or just do that. I'm Liana. In America. And this is the Night Guys podcast. Thank you for listening and join us when we do probably another Tiny Geist. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>